this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. this series so far. I've honestly loved it so much. Last week, we did my favorite Christmas movie of all time, The Grinch. Uh, And this week, we're moving on to yet another one of my favorites, uh, the Christmas classic Home Alone. Now, unfortunately, there has been some debate about which Home Alone is the better Home Alone. Obviously, it's Home Alone 2, right? I mean, clearly, it's Home Alone 2. It's, it's the better movie. It's funnier. It's got more Christmas classic stuff. The, the toy, store, toy store guy, right? And, and the pigeon lady. And it happens in New York City. And, and the three comedic geniuses in the hotel. I mean, come on. Home Alone 2 is obviously the better movie. However, Pastor Jason and I have been having this debate all week. And, and a lot of you actually agree with him. <laughs> as well. You all think that number one is the better movie. And even though you are unbelievably wrong, there's a lot of you that feel that way. So, Listen, I never in a million years would have picked number one for this particular series. I obviously would have gone with number two. Uh, I feel so clearly passionate about this, except that we couldn't get the rights to play clips from number two. So... Number one it is. We're focusing on Home Alone number one this year. Uh, But honestly, for the word that God has placed in my heart for today, it really doesn't matter which one. Uh, Home Alone is a movie about a kid who thinks his family is out to get him, right? They're the worst, and they are the enemy, and he just wishes he could be all alone for Christmas. There's a lot of people who think alone is better. And sometimes our own selfish, sinful nature, it gets us into that line of thinking, right? We talked about this a little bit last week. We need community. God has placed us in community. We need each other. We need each other. Kevin's family isn't the enemy he thinks they are. But let's watch this clip from the very beginning of Home Alone number one, and see it from his point of view. P.S. You have to sleep on the hide-a-bed with Fuller. If he has something to drink, he's going to wet the bed. This house is so full of people. It makes me sick. When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. Did you hear me? I'm living alone. this house. You're the only one who has to make trouble. I'm the only one getting dumped up. You're the only one acting up. Now, get upstairs. I am upstairs, dummy. The third floor? Go. It's scary up there. Don't be silly. Fuller will be up in a little while. I don't want a super fuller. You know about him. He likes the bed. He'll pee all over me. I know it. Fine. We'll put him somewhere else. I'm sorry. It's too late. Get upstairs. Everyone in this family hates me. Then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Families suck. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. 
You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. <laughs> what a little brat. Uh, but as we learn throughout the movie, Kevin's family isn't the enemy that he thinks they are, right? They, that they aren't as bad as he thinks they are. The world isn't as out to get him as he thinks they are. But that does not mean that there's not an enemy, right? And that's why I, I love these movies is there's a little bit of depth to them. Uh, in this movie, the, the, both movies, there's a clear and present danger, right? It's just not who Kevin thinks it is. Did you know that this movie was actually groundbreaking for its time? It was released in 1990 on Thanksgiving Day. Home Alone uh, was never expected to be the Christmas classic that it is today. They, they had this shoestring budget. Uh, it was meant to be sort of a kid's movie, and, and it had never really done been done before where it was a whole movie starring a kid. Um, and the, the fact that it's so beloved today is a surprise to everyone involved. It was, it was actually pretty groundbreaking for its time. But can I suggest a groundbreaking thought for you today? The enemies that you perceive in this life probably aren't your real enemies. There are real enemies. But in a lot of ways right now, I, I believe the American church is fighting the wrong enemies. We need to rise up with a fighting spirit, but we have to make sure that it's aimed at the right place. Let me read you this passage of scripture and show you what I mean. Ephesians 6 verse 10, starting in verse 10 in the Passion Translation. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand with your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wrap-around shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers and pray also 
that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. Yes, pray that I might preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I am a chained, I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. I love that version because it makes me think about scriptures that I've heard so many times in a, in a brand new way. But see, what I admire about Kevin in Home Alone is his can-do attitude. It is fighting spirit. He steps up to the plate. He arms his house. He's even fighting his family. And even though it's aimed at the wrong place in the beginning, he's got this fighting spirit. Now, what I love about this passage as well is that it also confronts the facts. The evil strategies of the accuser, right? Look, there, there is an enemy, right? I think some Christians live their lives like there are no enemies, Right? Like, like no one is out to get them. Nothing could hurt them. They aren't, they aren't suiting up for victory every day. They aren't putting on their daily armor. And so they get blindsided when something bad happens because, well, I have Jesus. Isn't life supposed to be easy now? It's not what this passage says. Right? There are also the opposite Christians, though, the ones that live their lives like Everyone is an enemy. That's not quite healthy either. Right? The, the people around you, the people in your church, the people in your life, your, your neighbors, your coworkers and friends, they are not the enemy. Even if they have opposing political views, even if their lifestyle is different than yours, even if they don't go to church or live the same as you do, they're not the enemy. There is an accuser, and he does have strategies. And no, I'm not talking about politics, and I'm not talking about the evil powers that be around the world desperately clinging to, to power and fame and money. I'm talking about arrogance and pride. I'm talking about unforgiveness and anger. I'm talking about lust and, and greed. I'm, I'm talking about the enemies not from without, but from within. Those are the strategies of the accuser that we're meant to put our armor on against. The, the thing is, though, we're not arming ourselves alone. Right? Take it back to the Home Alone story for a second, right? Once Kevin realizes what's about to happen with the, the wet or the sticky bandits, whatever they're called, Harry and Marv, right? Once he realizes that they're encroaching in on his happy little alone lifestyle, he's scared. But he doesn't stop. He doesn't let the fear stop him from arming himself. Right? He knows that the cops will only be so much help, right? I mean, outside forces can only help you so much. Pastors, friends, mentors, devotional books, podcasts, etc. They can only help you so much. At some point, you have to begin to arm yourself. The difference is Kevin was alone. We aren't. This is why Jesus came. This is the hope, the beauty, the power of the Christmas story is that we aren't alone. Sure, we have to pick up the armor and put it on ourselves, but he provided it in the first place. Wear the armor. 
Wear the armor. Put the armor on. Jesus came so that you can arm yourself against the enemy with all the power of him. Wear the armor. He came so that we can have freedom, uh, power, to act as though we are one with the creator God himself because we are through Jesus. We can now lay our own booby traps for the enemy, just like Kevin did for Harry and Mar, right? And I think, I think this is what Jesus did when he slipped away to be alone with God. We talked about this a little last week. Jesus did withdraw occasionally to be alone with his father. I think he was arming himself. I think he was putting on his armor. There are multiple pieces of this armor. And I know this is kind of a a weird Christmas message, right? The armor of God. I think we need it now more than ever. And the fighting spirit is a part of the Christmas spirit. So we're going to go through these. First, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. The belt of truth keeps us from showing our butts. Do you know what I mean? It keeps you respectable, keeps you from wandering down paths you shouldn't go. Listen, I see so many Christians following some dangerous thought patterns right now. And and look, some of them, they may be true, but I honestly don't see any way of us ever knowing what's actually going on behind the the curtains of, of media and government and power. Not sure we will ever fully know everything. And it might consume you eventually. And you'll be too far down the rabbit trail to ever even see it. And way too far down for anyone to listen to your opinions anymore. Let's stick to what we know to be true. That is the belt of truth. What the word says is true. We do know that Jesus will come back someday and a whole lot of things have to happen before that happens. But will knowing every single detail of it change anything? Let's stick to what we know to be true. God gave us a mission. Don't let anything distract you from the mission of preaching the gospel, of making disciples, of baptizing them in his name. That's what will make a difference for eternity, forever. The belt of truth keeps you clothed. It holds everything else together. Ephesians 5.12 says, It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. I need to stop focusing on what the world is or isn't doing and just preach Jesus. That is the truth. No matter how dark, evil, and scary the world gets, that there is hope. Hope is our message. The good news, right? The good news. It is good news. That's what we have to share. Don't get to a place where you're spending more time researching and figuring out what ungodly people are doing in secret than you are finding truth in God's word. God's word keeps us grounded. The belt of truth keeps us grounded. The second piece of our armor is holiness. Holiness is, it's like armor for your heart, this passage says. It keeps your heart tethered. 
This is why sexual sin gets us all kinds of twisted, just as an example. We, we allow in that specific kind of sin. It doesn't hurt the people around us. It hurts us. It ties our heartstrings to another or to others that aren't healthy for us or have different values than us or just shouldn't have that kind of impact on our lives. They aren't committed to our health and well-being for life, so why should they have our hearts? That's just one example. But holiness keeps our hearts safe. Your heart can lead you down paths that aren't actually good for you. Keep yourself holy, and your heart can't trip you up. I know that sounds harsh, right? And it's a Christmas message, and Candace, what are you doing here? But we're meant to worship God with our body, our mind, our heart, and our soul, with with all of who we are. All of it, working together. We can't have one piece of that equation running off putting something else before God. It doesn't work like that. And I watch it happen a lot as a pastor. The heart is a deceitful and wicked thing, the Bible actually says. It will lead you down paths you shouldn't go down. Keep it holy. Keep it holy. It's a weapon in the spiritual war. I, the the heart tends to lead you down paths. Also, one strategy against your heart is depression and anxiety, right? They make your heart want to give up, throw in the towel, forget that there even is a fight at all, paralyze you from using your weapons. But holiness is about self discipline. It's about not giving your physical body what it wants, but rather instructing your heart, right? Teaching it what it needs. Don't let it instruct you. You instruct it. Don't let depression win. That's a little bit of what last week was about, right? Whether you feel like it or not, discipline yourself. Use the sanity checklist from last week, right? Exercise, get some fresh air, reach out to others. You'll be arming your heart and your soul, pushing back the enemy a little at a time. Holiness keeps your heart in the game and and safe. Third, the shoes of peace. The shoes of peace. And I like how this version puts it, right? We are meant to always be on alert and speak peace, to walk in peace, to sow peace. Not discord or dissension or anger. Peace. I'm not sure we're doing a great job of this this year. I think we're focusing on all the things we hate about other humans, right? Or all the ways we disagree or, or all the ways they're doing this or that wrong. Yes, we should be involved. We should speak into our community. We should vote and, and all of that. But then walk in an attitude of peace. Some of us love the war zone a little bit too much. We like the the fights, and our feet lead us right to it every time. We love stirring the pot a little bit, right? Posting controversial things and labeling everyone as enemies. How dare they? Walk in peace. Choose peace. The shoes of peace. For faith. Faith is your shield, 
when fiery darts come at you from the enemy, faith extinguishes the flame. I, I like that this one is, is detached from the body, right? Like all the other ones that we, you know, are on us somewhere. We can't choose truth and holiness and peace for others, but we can speak faith for each other. We can hold up a shield in front of someone else. A lot of times throughout this year, someone else spoke faith for me. When mine was faltering or confusing or I was allowing the darts to burn my skin a little, someone else's faith extinguished them for me. This is why we need each other. That's why last week's sermon is so important. We can speak faith for each other. Hold up the shield for someone else. Faith is our shield. And salvation is the last one. Salvation is, it's about your head. The helmet of salvation, right? Your head will sometimes allow the accuser to show you a list of wrongs. Right? Show you all the different ways that you're not worthy. And you're not good enough. And you'll begin to believe some things that just They're not right. They're not true about yourself. Salvation helps you remember that Jesus already paid that price. Your identity, who you are, down to your very core, is now fundamentally changed because of Jesus being born on this earth and dying on that cross. Put on the armor. Wear the armor. Truth, holiness, peace. Faith and salvation. So what's, what's the point of all this? How does all this relate to home alone, to, to the Christmas spirit? And the point is we're meant to be fighters. The Christmas spirit is a fighting spirit. It is. Yes, it is generous. Yes, it is is kind. Yes, it's about family and community and spreading joy. But we're also talking about a God who took himself off the bench of heaven, of a perfect environment, and came to fight a battle not of flesh and blood. He came to win a war that wasn't even his fight to ensure a victory for good. He fixed the fight. He came to show us that we're fighting the wrong enemies, that people aren't the enemy. Your neighbor, your friend, your your family, they're not the enemy. They're not perfect, just like Kevin's family wasn't perfect. They're not perfect, but they're not the enemy. That's what Kevin realizes in Home Alone. That's what we need to realize today. Kevin wages war on the right enemy and, and wins. And realizes his family was never his enemy in the first place. We are called to be fighters. We just have to make sure we're aiming that in the right place. Jesus died for those people that you think are your enemy. And he died for you. Our enemy isn't people. Our enemy is evil. Selfishness. Violence and anger and pride and unforgiveness. And they are within you just as much as they are within others. I think people get tripped up here because we think that evil is something out there. It's something foreign. It's something only people in power and government and whatever have. Evil is within each and every one of us. There are 
evil forces, strategies of the accuser in your life just as much as your neighbor, your friend, your family. It's time to wage war against them. Some Christians right now, they feel like they're waging war. In sort of a a smug, I know more than you kind of way. Like, Like they know more than others because of their biblical knowledge or because they've spent more time in the presence of God than you. Beware of Christians like that. They feel like they have a leg up on people who don't believe, like they know what's coming. It makes them very suspicious of everything. Look, I know the world feels very uncertain right now. And so every theory must be assumed true. Everyone in power and with fame must be considered out to get me. And no one tells the truth. And I get that. And some of it probably is true. But you knowing everything about it isn't going to make you less susceptible. Jesus is. Trust him. Stop clinging to humans as the answer. I don't care how much power or fame and money they have. Jesus is the answer. He came to this earth as a baby to live life as a mere human, not as a king. He was the target of a murder plot as a baby by the king of his own people, but God protected him. He can protect you too. If, if you're on mission, if, if God is guiding you and directing you, he will protect you. That is his promise. Let's focus on what we do know right now. And that is that we serve a God who is real, who is good, who loves us enough that he sent his son into this imperfect world to bring us hope. Hope that we would someday win against the evil forces of this world once and for all, but also peace that he already has wanted within you. The hope that Jesus brought was not only that evil would be conquered out there somewhere in the world with with people you've never met, but that evil has already been conquered within you. That the selfishness within you can be overcome. Take the gospel personal this week. Focus on the Christmas spirit that is within your own home, your own town, your block, your street, your own soul. Arm yourself against the Harry and Marvs out there that want to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a real enemy out there, but love your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people you meet at the grocery store. It's okay right now to stop focusing on the big, mean world and and focus on what's right in front of you, who is right in front of you. Put on the full armor of God. Use your Holy Spirit-given, generous, joyful, loving attitude and spread a little Christmas joy this season. The Christmas spirit is a fighting spirit. We fight for joy. We fight for goodness, kindness, gentleness. We choose it. It's not something we feel. It's something we choose. There is an enemy that wants to steal that from you. 
kill you if possible and destroy you. Don't let him. Some of us think this is a passive religion. That we can sit back and do nothing because Jesus has already done it after all, right? Don't be passive this year. It's so easy to be passive this year. Wage war on the enemy. You do that by disciplining yourself to remember. By celebrating. By being joyful even when the world feels dark. Psalm 81.4 says, For God has given us these seasons of joy. He's given us these seasons of joy. Days that the God of Jacob decreed for us to celebrate and rejoice. He has given these feasts to remind us of his triumph over Egypt when he went out to wage war against them. The God of the universe, our creator God, ordained celebrations within our lifestyle. He gave us specific times of the year. He did it in Judaism, in the Old Testament, and he's done it today. To celebrate, to be joyful, to remind ourselves of who he is and what he's done for us. Use this week to remind yourself. Fight back against the depression, anxiety, and fear. Fight back against the anger you feel at the world right now. Fight back. Apply Jesus to each and every one of those situations. There is hope, faith, truth, holiness, goodness, gentleness, kindness. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. And Jesus gave us a fighting spirit. Just make sure you're fighting the right enemy. God, today I pray that you would help us. Give us that discernment, that wisdom to fight the right enemy. To focus ourselves on being the person you want us to be. The purposeful, joyful, servant-hearted person you've called us to be. Help us to remain that vibrant, passionate, selfless people. You've given us your spirit. We have all we need. We just have to pick up that armor. Today, maybe you're feeling a little convicted. I've been focusing on the wrong enemy for a while, I think. I need to to focus on me, get my heart right, to remember that there is hope, peace, joy that Jesus provides me. This week, I'm going to take a little time and I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to thank God for this beautiful life I live with him. And not look back at the anger and the unforgiveness and the pain. If that's you today, just repent. Just repent. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been focusing on all the right, wrong things. I want to focus on you again. Give me a fighting spirit again. That my spirit would be able to rise up, fight back against the depression and anxiety, 
fight back against that thing that's causing me to want to withdraw and, and be alone and be angry at the world. Help me remember the miracle you gave us at Christmas. Focus on that this week. Maybe some of you are out there that have never said any of that to God. Never given your heart to Jesus, ever. Today you're realizing that you want to. You want to give your heart to Jesus. That means making him the Lord of your life. That means giving up your own sense of control. Giving it all to him. Our ways don't work anyway. Jesus is they do. There's a hope. There's a future for you. There's joy like you've never experienced before. Even when the world feels dark, and that's the amazing beauty of the message of Jesus Christ. He doesn't calm the storm every time, but he does get you through it. He is there with you through it. With him at your side, there is no storm that you can't get through. There is peace. Just give it to him today. And it's so easy. You just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, that you walked this earth fully human, gave yourself up as fully God, paying the price for me. You lay down your life. I accept your sacrifice. I accept your forgiveness. And I'm choosing to live my life for you from today forward. It's that simple. Today can be your spiritual birthday. Jesus can give you that fighting spirit. Rise up, believer. Fight it. That is the Christmas message. That is the Christmas spirit. Jesus came to give us his spirit. Oh, Father, once again, we we choose to tap into that today. We choose to arm ourselves. Yes, it's been a long year. There's been division, anger. There's been sickness. It's so hard to, to navigate and make opinions and, and to focus on you through all of that. But Father, I just pray for focus this week, that we would, with an intense focus, celebrate who you are, what you've done. We would choose joy, choose peace, choose forgiveness, choose to rise up and fight against the strategies of the accuser. We thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
was everybody else? Baby, they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep in the back of the cabin. Jewel, you did I? You do, Jewel. so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.